Welcome to Nutrition Uncovered, a podcast where we unravel the truth about nutrition and wellness with licensed professionals. Learn to heal your body and expand your mind on the science of nutrition and health, brought to you by Rhode Island Nutrition Therapy. Welcome back to another episode of Nutrition Uncovered. I'm joined by Zoe, and this week we will also be joined by Sarah Durand, who is our other registered dietitian nutritionist at Rhode Island Nutrition Therapy. Hi, everyone. Thank you for having me. I'm Sarah. I am a graduate from the University of Rhode Island. I have a degree in nutrition and dietetics and also psychology. I recently passed my board exams, and I'm now officially a registered dietitian nutritionist. And I started working with Rhode Island Nutrition Therapy about for about one year now. So it's been very exciting. And this week, we will be doing an Ask the Dietitian episode where I will be asking Wendy and Sarah the questions that you guys have sent over in the past week. So let's just jump right into it. All right. So the first question is, how do I know if I should see a dietitian? Yes. So... First off, I think everybody should see a dietitian, you know, regardless of if you feel that you're in good health, you don't have any symptoms, because there's always other changes that we can start to make. We can look at diet and exercise overall and just see where, you know, possibly we can find better uh, snacks, better meals so that, you know, if you're not snacking throughout the day and you have nice wholesome meals. Um, and if you definitely, definitely see one, if you have symptoms of any kind, there's many different reasons that you could be having GI symptoms or, you know, headaches, joint pain, things like that. And diet is very much related. Um, gut health is very much related. So to see a dietitian, we can really get to the root cause of what's going on. There's, you know, advanced testing now where we can go and see on a biological level what's going on and, you know, through blood, through urine, through stool testing, and we can help you get in your best health and, and, make recommendations for proper supplementation that's going to help relieve symptoms and heal your body from the inside. And uh, speaking of supplementation, is there a supplement that you suggest to every one of your patients or almost everyone? Yes, I do. Um, I myself as well take all of these. You know, a probiotic is definitely one of the most important ones. Uh, that's going to help to just keep your gut bacteria nice and flourishing with different strains and help to build immunity, reduce inflammation. So a probiotic definitely, you know, and switching up your probiotic, it being at a certain strain or um, count. Also a 10 billion count is really minimum of what you should be taking as well as a multivitamin. Um, I call this a backup plan. If you're not eating, you know, five fruits and vegetables a day, getting everything you need in a day, it's a, um, you know, a multivitamin is just important to take. Vitamin D also, most of us are low in vitamin D, especially if you live in New England, you know, you're not getting it in the winter months and this can help with seasonal depression and, you know, it, vitamin D is not just a vitamin, it's a hormone in the body. So it has many, many different functions. So I would say definitely those three. Awesome. And uh, my next question is, does health insurance cover MNT, which is the abbreviation for medical nutrition therapy for anyone who doesn't know? Yes, so I'll answer that one. And um, so medical nutrition therapy is almost all the time covered um, by health insurance. Rarely is it not. There's a few instances, especially with 
um, Medicare being very specific about what they cover, but um, most of the health insurances that uh, come across or come into our office, Blue Cross Blue Shield, United, Cigna, Aetna, Neighborhood, Harvard Pilgrim, um, even the community plans like Medicaid plans we also take as well. So um, it is covered, it's almost 100% coverage um, for most plans. Sometimes rarely there's a copay, um, um, but even deductibles often with the plans, those are not required either. So I think a lot of people, um, they don't really realize that coming to see a dietitian is covered by their health insurance. And um, that really is because over the years, we've proven as dietitians that what we do with our patients makes a difference. So we've, this is outcome-based. We've proven that our patients lose weight, that um, lab values, for example, lipid values, uh, glucose values improve with interventions um, and personalized nutrition lifestyle plans being created by registered dietitians and nutritionists. That's good to know because I think a lot of people um don't realize that it's covered by insurance. So that would be good for our listeners to know. And kind of switching gears now, um, what are your thoughts on MLMs, which are multi-level marketing companies, aka pyramid schemes, um, some who own shake bars or something like that, who claim to um, be helping people lose weight? What are your thoughts on them and how they help people? Yes, I can answer this one. You know, I know a lot with the pyramid schemes, you know, actually I would, you know, I hate to call it pyramid scheme too, because there's some good aspects about them, you know, and I think you have to look at all of them differently because they all offer different things. Um, I think on an overall level, they're helping to teach nutrition on a but, you know, teach to the public and get that education out. So for instance, with something like Beachbody, they'll give you your portion size cups and make sure, you know, you're getting those three cups of fruits or three cups of vegetables, two cups of fruits a day, you know, the proper amount of protein. So it's really great to help teach those, those points of portion control, um, you know, something like Weight Watchers too, does it just in a different way where you're now, counting points and not measuring out portions. So they do have that where you're gonna now understand, okay, you know, I have an ice cream cone and that's gonna take away a quarter of my points for the day. So you know how much, you know, fat calories that go into that and you know when you're kind of using them up and what you have for the rest of the day. What they don't teach is balanced eating. So, you know, throughout the day, you need to have certain amount of carbs, protein, fat at each meal to really get that balanced blood sugar. Um, and it's so important to know those basics, but also how to apply them. So I think that's kind of where a lot of them are missing is how to apply. Um, and then, you know, offering the shakes, the bars, it's just not whole foods a lot of the time. So, and you know, there's those additive ingredients. So you just really wanna go back to whole foods. You know, if you can eat a diet of whole foods, you're not gonna go wrong. You know, getting the right amount of fruits, vegetables, protein, um, you know, I think that they can be very attractive because a lot of, um, they, they offer that accountability, that camaraderie, you know, you have groups where you're meeting, you're, you know, you're accountable to meet with them and have, you know, do exercise in the morning. And I think 
those kinds of habits are really, really great. So they do have that education piece. They do have, you know, building habits, but really it does require, you know, working with a nutritionist, dietitian to help really implement those things and, and offer some better choices other than a shake or a, a bar that, you know, a lot of the times doesn't really fill us. So, you know, I, they have their good parts with the education and, and creating habits and, you know, groups and having a, a you know, a close family, I want to say, but there's a little part missing. So that's what I have to say about those MLM companies. Awesome. Thanks. Um, so kind of going off of that question, my next question would be, then what are your thoughts on the fad slash trendy diets um, or like the crazy diets that celebrities do? If you had any thoughts on those. Yeah. So, okay. So one, the one that kind of comes up to mind, um, is the ketogenic diet, which a lot of people, you know, are following that. Um, but there's a lot of different ones out there. Um, you know, and so what I would say to that is I'm open to everything and I look at the research with everything too. So with, for example, ketogenic diet, looking at the research, there are some, benefits to that as far as lowered inflammation, um, even brain health. Um, originally that diet was for epileptic patients, including children who were not able to take medication for the epileptic seizures. And then they found, oh, there's these brain changes when um, a keto diet is followed, which a ketogenic diet, just for anyone who doesn't know, um, to follow one is, is a very low, low carbohydrate diet it's actually moderate protein intake and very high fat intake, um, even you know 75 and higher percentage of calories coming from fat. So um, there are some good studies with that, but I think in working with patients who I'm supportive and helping them follow a ketogenic diet, what has always happened is they will follow it. Even if they follow it to a T, you get to a certain point where weight comes down, weight then plateaus, weight then starts to gradually go up, even if a patient is following that regularly. So it's not a diet that can be used for long-term sustainable weight loss. Um, and then for most patients, it's just not sustainable. It doesn't fit into their lifestyle. And as soon as they have a cookie or someone's birthday and they have just the tiniest amount of carbohydrate, the weight just comes back on with a vengeance. And it's, a, it's, so I think it's important to look at these kind of fad diets with the, you know, how this is going to fit. Yes, there's research with it, but the reality of it being something sustainable is it. So what I find is, you know, if you, the interesting thing is if you look at any kind of fad diet, you know, and not even fad, but just different diets, Mediterranean, paleo, keto, vegan, vegetarian. If you look at any of these diets and you track weight loss, you track um, inflammation markers, you track um, lipid values, like your cholesterol values, you track glucose, like any of your blood, blood sugar um, balance, you'll see things improve across the board for all of these diets. And so why would one diet you know, that's so extreme. Like why would the vegan diet have the same kind of outcomes as the keto diet or the Mediterranean diet with these improved values? And really it boils down to 
people are cleaning up their diet, right? People are more aware of what they're eating. They're getting away from the junk food, the processed foods. They're, they're more um, aware and mindful of their food choices. And that's really what it comes down to, but is something sustainable? Is it sustainable when it's so extreme? And I think that's where you have to, you know, really look at. So we really do go back to kind of the basics, like how is the body nourished? How does metabolism work? How does inflammation get reduced? And how, you know, how do we energize and nourish the body and prevent disease or reverse disease or manage disease? And really it does come back to the basics, right? And for, you know, since the beginning of time and human existence, you know, we've survived based off of what the earth has provided for us. Um, and so we really do get back to that whole food diet approach and, um, and the balance of healthy carbohydrates with healthy proteins and healthy fats, not eliminating any of those food groups, but because this, we look at the science, what are, how does our body get energized quickly? How does it, how do we survive if we're going six hours without eating or if we're exercising um, or if we want to prevent cancer? So we're looking at the research and bringing that into our practice. And that's how we're really um, creating these personalized plans. And yes, we tweak them according to the patient, what their goals are, what their, you know, maybe disease or chronic conditions that they have. But really, it comes back to whole food eating, balanced macronutrients, which are your carbs, protein, and fat, cleaning up the diet. Um, you know, as far as eliminating the processed foods or working towards that, eliminating a lot of the chemicals and hormones and additives that are in our food, um, that our body doesn't know how to metabolize because it's, it's not natural. It's not from the earth. So our body reacts with inflammation. So really that's what it comes down to cleaning up the diet, balanced eating, um, nourishing the body and preventing, reversing or managing diseases. And you kind of talked about um, <clears throat> some of the nutritional levels, like glucose, inflammation markers, and stuff like that. And you mentioned how dietitians can do those tests or sell those tests to patients. Is there a specific test that you suggest to your patients first or um, really push for your patients to understand what's going on in their body? So it's you know, definitely our approach here is very personalized. So for example, I might have a patient come in and say, you know, it, weight loss is um, their main goal, but then they, you know, as we're talking, it's like, there's other symptoms too. Like, you know, um, they have been following a healthy diet or tr been trying to, but the weight keeps going up or they're not losing weight or there's other things going on like hair, their hair is thinning, their eyebrows are thinning, they're um, not sleeping well, um, they're very tired and fatigued, you know, and just kind of dragging all day. Um, so depending on what happens in that initial consultation is, you know, for Sarah and I, I think it's like, you're, you're just constantly processing this information, like, and we're taking into consideration family medical history, medications, supplements, weight loss, weight gain patterns, anything, you know, where someone says, well, I was fine until this happened. Well, what happened? Was it, you know, a stressful event? Was it um, hormone changes with, a, you know, pregnancy or menopause? 
So we're looking at all these different factors. So sometimes we'll just start with, you know, just making some changes with the diet and lifestyle. Sometimes it's like, all right, let's get a little bit more testing. Let's look at, um, is there anything going on with the thyroid? Like, let's get a full thyroid panel. Let's, you know, so sometimes it could be while well, they've been following a vegan diet and they haven't been taking supplements and they're tired and dragging or, you know, having some like numbness and tingling in their extremities. Well, let's get some tests for some vitamins and minerals. And sometimes we can do that just from sending over our notes with some recommendations to the primary care provider, and we can get those back. And that gives us a good starting point. Sometimes we want to take it a little bit further. Um, a lot of our patients come in and have gastrointestinal um, problems. And one of the best tests that I would recommend, and I was even using this before I went into my own private practice, um, is the food inflammation test. So that is a food sensitivity test and it's uh, IgG, which is an immunoglobulin G and complement test. So that's looking for inflammation in the gut that can become systemic. So anyone who has GI issues or even any type of inflammation um, in their body or you know in any part of their body, this is a great test to start off with. And it's just a finger stick test. It's a kit that can be either drop ship to our patients or they can pick it up in the office um, and it's finger stick and five blood spots, dried blood spots. You send that off in about 10 days, we get the results back and it really tells you, and some of these foods are healthy. Um, so I just had a patient yesterday who came in to see me because she's like, I can't live like this. My, I'm like, always have to be near the bathroom. I eat and I just immediately get cramping and have to go to the bathroom. It's awful. And we had done a couple eliminations with a little bit of improvement, but then she did the fit test and a couple of things came back. Um, avocados came back and eggs. And when I, when she looked at the, you know, uh, results, she was like, well, I don't, I don't think I have a problem with those. I eat avocados. Like I just ate an avocado yesterday. I was fine. And eggs, like, you know, I have those kind of every, you know, every day, I don't seem to have a problem with that. She was thinking it was like, she was kind of stuck on like, the gluten and, you know, grains and things like that. So anyways, after literally it's been a week and I, last night I talked to her and she was like, it's amazing. Like, I think it was the eggs, <laughs> you know? So she eliminated those and she's already, I'm like, okay, so where were you at? If you, on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being um, like, you're feeling like hundred percent better, like 10's good, like how normal. And zero is like, terrible, like running to the bathroom, just really affecting your quality of life. She said, before I had the test, I was at it like two, three, it was really bad. I'm like, what about today? Like already in a week's time, she said seven or eight. That's like amazing. So that is like a test that is like tried and true. And I, I love that test. And I've done it on myself and my parents, my nieces, three out of four of my kids only because one kid doesn't want to know but it's a great test. <laughs> I definitely want to try it soon. Um, yes. But okay, so that was awesome. But switching gears a little, because now we're going into the holiday season. We just had Thanksgiving. Uh, I want to know, Sarah, what your best suggestions are to stay healthy during the holidays and beat seasonal depression. Yes, so, so important to really just 
continue with those healthy habits that you're doing. So we want to continue to keep with our current routine, keep with your exercise routine, you know, don't skip just because, you know, it's early, you know, or you have to be somewhere, you know, make sure your whole week, you're still getting in that right, that exercise, make sure at, you know, Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever holiday you're celebrating, that you still balance your plate. So, you know, when you're looking at all the foods that you have laid out on the table, make sure you're getting that good source of protein. You're getting that turkey, that ham, you know, um, any protein on your plate, you know, that three to four ounces size of the palm of your hand, very important, um, you know, and that's going to cause you not to overeat the carbohydrates, you know, have, you know, a quarter of your plate be potatoes or, and, or, you know, I fill a lot with the vegetables because most of them have the carbs in them too, right? So like, the green bean casserole has your fried onions or, you know, and allow yourself to have those kinds of things. You don't have them all the time. So it's important to enjoy the holiday, enjoy those foods and not feel so restricted and left out. And, you know, I need to follow my diet hundred percent. None of us can follow a diet hundred percent and live life, you know, so you really, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, if you can have, you can look at your day as a whole and say, you know, I made really good choices. I had you know, on this holiday, I made sure not to overdo the appetizers. I made sure to have my plate nice and balanced, got in a good serving of veggies, had my salad with everything else. And I didn't overdo the desserts. I had, you know, a nice, you know, serving of, I picked, chose a dessert that I haven't had in a while. You know, your grandmother makes it once a year and, you know, go for it, you know, but don't overdo it. Have that slice, enjoy it, eat it slowly um, you know, really savor it because that's not something that fits into a healthy lifestyle all the time. Um, you know, desserts are great, but we shouldn't be overeating those either. So that's with diet, you know, about continue everything that, you know, you've been doing, learning, stay with exercise, balance your plate. And then also just, you know, be sure to kind of go for a walk, go outside, get some sunlight with vitamin D and, uh, you know, continue with your routine with supplements too. So, you know, during the holidays, that's when we're not getting as much sun as we are in the summer. So, if you know you're not getting outside, make sure you take a vitamin D supplement. Um, but yeah, I think that can really help the depression as well as you know not to isolate yourself. I know right now with COVID times, it's tough, but um, making sure you're still around family, friends, zooming them, you know that really does help. You know if you start feeling depressed, feeling lonely, pull you out of that depression, give you that family that that love that you might need. So I think all three of those things, you know, diet, exercise improves mood making sure, you know, you're, you're not um, low getting on vitamin D and making sure to be around people, you know, I, and I also have here just like giving back that really makes you feel like you're a part of something bigger. Uh, it really helps put things into perspective when we're feeling down on ourselves, like, you know, depressed and, you know, we, money's tied and things like that, but, you know, go out, give back to those who don't have as much as you. And it really helps in that way as well. So it really is kind of like an overall how you live your life on a regular basis kind of thing and just kind of continue through the holidays with that. Love that answer. Um, so we have only have a couple more minutes. So I'm just gonna ask one more question and either one of you or both of you can answer this. It kind of goes based off of the last question, but um, with every, with the holidays coming up and stuff what are your do you have any swaps for popular fast foods or drunk junk foods that someone could swap out instead and eat for to be healthier 
Do you want me to answer that one? Okay. Um, let's see. So best popular fast foods and junk food swap outs. Well, um, I would say probably, you know, as far as fast foods, sometimes I have to say, like, I will do fast food, right? I have four children. I'm working, you know, it's a tough life. And they're like, Chick-fil-A. And half the time it's Sunday. So I'm like, that's closed. But I will go through Chick-fil-A and there are, so you can still get some healthy food. So they have a nice kale salad that you put um, sliced almonds on top of, and they have, um, you know, like a little fruit salad that you can get. So sometimes I will get the small thing of like the little chicken nuggets, and then I'll get the big kale salad, um, and I'll get some fruit. And sometimes you can make it work, right? Um, also like in our area, they just opened the Plant City X. It's a drive-through, you know, so I will go through there and get a vegetarian, you know, healthy meal if I need something kind of fast. Um, and so like, you can make it, you can make it work. Even Panera, that's like, you know, my son works there and he's like, it is not fast food, but it's still pretty fast. But again, they have like amazing salads there um, that you can get if you just want something fast. So there are healthy options, right? Um, so that's what I say, like you can make it work. It's just a matter of like getting your head in the game and, you know, planning, planning ahead, like where are you going to go? But it is possible as far as junk foods go. That's a little tough one, um, you know, but there are definitely ways to like modify any of your kind of sweets that you have. Um, sometimes, like Sarah said, sometimes like if you really want something, just have the real thing. Like, you know, if you really want pumpkin pie or apple pie, just have have the real thing versus going for the low sugar, low fat one, because in the end, you know, you're going to be satisfied, but you can always make healthier versions of everything. Um, you know, if you are make, you can always cut back on the sugar. If you're making a recipe and it calls for a cup of sugar, you can cut back to three quarters or a half cup of sugar. If it's calling for full coconut or full um, evaporated milk, you can cut back and have use the evaporated skim milk. Um, you can even use applesauce as a replacement for butter and different oils and recipes and make that work and it's still moist. So there's always little things that you can swap out. And we do have, um, a lot of recipes that, um, even on our website under recipes and snacks and desserts, if you're looking for anything, even like banana, nice cream, where you can use like frozen fruit and blend it up and you can have that. Um, and I even will use like a little, like now they have coconut um, whipped cream. So it's like coconut, coconut instead of whipped cream. So they're using that. So I'll even use a little dollop of that on fruit. And that's a nice little like sweet treat to have too. Um, and one last thing is dark chocolate. There's a lot of good health benefits of dark chocolate. It's anti-inflammatory, lots of phytonutrients. So if you want a little sweet treat, have a little square of dark chocolate and a little and a cup of green tea in the afternoon. And that's a nice little afternoon boost and antioxidant and a good little brain boost too. So those are just a few little tidbits, I would say to answer that one. Yes, I love that. Well, that's it for the episode of Nutrition Uncovered. Thank you so much for having, having me. I hope um, you enjoyed listening and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.
Oh, 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 oh,